actress Katherine Heigl, a passionate animal advocate who has saved over 16,000 dogs, says she's been seeing more issues with dogs' joints, odors, and health than ever before. She believes there's a link between canine health and diet. After extensive research, she developed Superfood Complete, a dog food pack with over 30 wholesome ingredients, including superfoods beneficial for your furry friend. Superfood Complete isn't just about deliciousness, though dogs love the taste. It's about supporting overall well-being. In addition to providing a healthy option for your pet, Badlands Ranch, the maker of Superfood Complete, also supports the Jason DeBus Heigl Foundation, which helps rescue countless dogs and find them loving homes. Dogs across America are trying this food and loving it. Go to BadlandsRanch.com slash MC901 and order right now to get up to 50% off your regular priced order with a 90-day money-back guarantee. If you want your dog to experience all these incredible things, go to BadlandsRanch.com slash MC901 today. I play a lot of calls on this show. There's no secret there. The vast majority of the calls and incidents I talk about are very graphic ones generally related to some sort of crime. Murders, stabbings, home invasions, police-involved shootings. You get the idea. Something I don't talk about enough are some of the other calls we as 911 dispatchers take. Right behind police-related calls and frequency are the medical calls. Those are harder to get released. There are a lot of privacy issues in obtaining those type of calls. When compared to police-related calls, there's really no comparison. We take a lot more police calls than medical. And coming in a very distant third place are going to be the fire-related calls. Even though we don't field as many calls for a fire response, they're every bit as dangerous as police calls, and a lot of times, even more so. In this episode, I'm going to touch on a couple of fire-related incidents. These calls are the real deal. And I hate to say it, some of these I'll play today are among the hardest to listen to that I've heard. And again... As usual, listener discretion is advised on this one, but because some of these are very difficult to listen to, a little extra caution needs to be issued. Welcome back to Music City 911. It's hard to tell, really, the exact ratio, even in my own agency, of how many fire calls there are. And by that, I mean only fire or rescue-type calls that come in. I know the term rescue, that can have different meanings in different areas of the country. In other parts, 
they might say, I need a rescue. And by that, they mean an ambulance. Sometimes they even say they need a bus. When I say rescue in regards to us here locally, I mean something that's going to require being rescued from a situation, not only picked up in an ambulance and taken to a hospital. I'm talking about a machinery entrapment or a high angle rescue like someone stuck on the side of a cliff, a trench rescue for someone who's stuck underground, or maybe a water rescue for someone being swept away in swift water, that sort of thing. Those are all pretty infrequent compared to the other strictly fire calls we get. The reason I have a problem getting an exact number is mainly due to the fire department here handling both fire and medical calls. To give you a general idea, though, in 2021, the fire department in Nashville had 156,672 calls for service. This is for both fire and medical. The police department, by comparison, had 807,072. That means roughly for every five calls for service we take for police, we only take one for fire and or medical. When you break down the medical to fire calls, as I said, it's a bit harder to nail down, but I would think it would be somewhere in the realm of 10 to 20 to 1 in favor of medical. Fire calls are much more infrequent. And most of those that we get are fire alarms. The rest are mostly made up of someone calling in about a neighbor burning trash in their backyard or maybe they've driven past a grass fire on the side of the roadway. Things like house fires, they get called in a few times a day, but again, most of those are false. Just today, one of the calls I helped out on was someone who had just turned on their heat for the first time of the year. Anyone who's turned on their heat knows the very first time it's turned on there's usually a smell associated with it, and that usually only lasts for a couple of minutes, then goes away. Other house fire calls, the majority revolve around someone cooking. They leave something in the oven too long, or they get a grease fire in a pan on the stovetop. Most of the time, by the time the fire department gets there, the fire's out or it hasn't spread, generally just contained to that one small area. The real house fires can happen a number of ways. Some can absolutely start in the kitchen. The fire, if it's big enough to reach the wall or cabinets, they can spread really quickly. This time of year, around most of America and the rest of the world, a lot of times heat isn't distributed to all areas of the house equally, or maybe the residents themselves don't have any type of a central heater at all, so they rely on space heaters. Most of the time, something like that goes wrong because someone puts something on top of the heater or it gets knocked over, and then it can get very dangerous and even deadly very quick. But I've talked a lot about what-ifs here so far. Let's get into the first call. Fire emergency? Yes. What city are you in? Dana Point! You don't have to yell. Is this a house? House upstairs. What's going on? Going fast. What's going on? The bedroom is on fire. My house is going fast. Okay, we're on the way. Just calm down. Is anybody upstairs? I am, and I can't get down. You can't get down? No. Okay. Anybody else in the house? No, uh, yeah, but I don't know where they're at right now. 
Okay. How old, how old are you? Uh, 65, 67. Okay. okay. Uh, the room you're in, is it on fire? No, it's the other end of the house. Okay. And you, if you cannot, can you crawl and get down any way at all? I'm outside on the deck. You're outside on the deck. Okay. Can you uh, put any, like, do you have anything out there, any towels or anything? Make sure to shut the door. Shut your door. I can't get the door shut. The thing's blown out. I have got my hair is fried. Okay. Is, how, what floor are you on? I'm on the second floor. Is the deck in the front of the house or back of the house? Back of the house, upstairs. Okay. The back of the house. Uh, you got the sheriff? I got it. Okay. Just stay with me, okay? I want you to get a, as far away from that door as you can. Use I the am, wall. I am, I am. Okay, use the I'm wall. Call the fire department right now. Use the wall for protection. Use the wall for protection, okay? What? Use the wall for protection. I want you to get down and use the wall for protection. Okay, well, you know. Fuck. Okay, let, hold on one second. Are they, is that the paramedics or the no. sheriffs? No. 
This call, obviously the caller was in a huge amount of stress. The dispatcher was doing what he could to try and give different options for the woman to try to escape. But from the sound of it, she made it out of the house, but was trapped on an upper level balcony or deck. She actually had a sliding glass door to the balcony, and I would imagine she closed it on the way out. The fire was hot enough that it blew the glass out of the door. Again, the dispatcher did a great job telling her to get back and maybe try to get against a wall as far away from the fire and smoke as possible. In a situation like this, especially with being an older caller at 67 years old, you don't want to tell them to jump off of a balcony. That should only come as an absolute last resort. As you can imagine, even more injuries can happen from a fall at that height. But if it came down to burning up or dying of smoke inhalation, I would jump from a second story or higher level and just hope I didn't get seriously injured. Another thing I'd like to point out is that even with the fire spreading and escalating as it did, trapping this caller outside on the deck, from the first of the call to the end of it, she calmed down significantly. I believe a lot of this is due to the dispatcher giving instructions and asking questions. It takes a tiny bit of focus away from the impending danger she was in and has the caller look towards avenues of escape or just a place of safety. Good job on the dispatcher on this one. This call happened in April of 2014 in Dana Point, California. Luckily, neighbors of the caller saw what was happening and quickly grabbed a ladder so she could crawl off the balcony. It was on the second floor of the house. This happened just in time. At the first of the call, you just heard the caller talking. As the call went on, you could start to hear the fire crackling in the background. It wasn't extremely easy to hear that, but it was there. After getting her off the balcony, about that time you could hear the sirens in the background. Even though she made it out, she didn't do so completely unscathed. She had smoke inhalation that singed hair that she was talking about, along with some other minor burns to her face. Her house didn't fare as well as she did. The total damage caused was around $400,000. I'm very glad in this case that the woman had neighbors who acted quickly and helped with her rescue. The next incident I'll talk about, I have a few calls on it. Each goes from bad to worse. And the details past that are even more distressing. As I said, there's more than one call, and some of these are coming in at the same time as others from callers in different locations. So they may seem like they're out of order. I'll go ahead and play the first one. Go for Metro 911. With hey, the there's a fire on, on Green Street. There's a fire. Send the fire department. There's yes, a fire we have the fire department. We have everybody yeah. coming as quickly as they can, okay? Is oh everyone out of the okay. out of the house? I don't know. I just got here. Okay. All right. We have okay, fire right, police right. and EMS driving as quickly as they can. 
Okay, all right, cool. Thank you. Mm -hmm. This type of call is actually how a lot of calls about house fires come in. A neighbor who's outside sees it or maybe someone just driving by in a car calls in and tells us about it. Not a lot to hear from this one other than there's a house on fire. Other calls are coming in almost all at the same time. Gilbert Metro 911, what's the address of your emergency? Um, there, there looks like there's a fire near like, my neighbor's house. Oh, um, what's the address? The, um, do not drive. It's like right behind the house. There's like a fire happening over there. 3119, are they saying there's children trapped? That confirmed. Uh, you can free that immediately. That will be some 30 cards. Alright, so is this possibly on Grimsley Street? Ma'am, is it possibly on Grimsley Street? Does that sound correct? Possibly, yeah. Okay, yeah, we do have multiple calls coming in about it, and we have police, fire, and EMS um, starting that way as well. Okay, yes, ma'am, you're welcome. Uh, have a nice day, thank you. Hey, you're welcome, you too. With that one, again, it was a neighbor calling in. She had some info, but really wasn't even sure of the street that it was on. And if you have been listening to calls like I have for a long time, or even on this show, you start to pick up stuff in the background. You could hear other call takers processing calls about the same thing. And if you were also listening closely, you probably heard something in the background on the radio that was going out. And that leads into our next call. This is where I'm going to issue another warning. If you're not able to hear calls that are really hard to hear, go ahead and turn it off now. You may want to do that or skip ahead. The next two calls I have are pretty bad. What is the address of the emergency? Hi, there's a fire. Um, uh, Grimsley Street, Greensboro, North Carolina. Uh, <laughs> Street, North Carolina. And there's a kid still inside. You said what address? <laughs> uh, uh, Grimsley Street. Are you sure? Greensboro, North Carolina. We have. Sure. Yeah, no, I'm looking at the mailbox. And like, it's huge, there's a huge fire and there's kids still inside. How many kids are inside? Three, there's three, there's three inside, there's three, holy fuck. Are we able to open the door, are we able to get them out? It's open, everything's open, the whole thing is on fucking, it's on fire. Where the kids at? They're inside. Inside where, can you see them? Uh, no, I, I can't see them at all. Okay, how do we know they're inside? Where did, where did anybody see them at? The, the, uh, the, the mom. The mom has said that they're still inside. We need... Where's the fire? Is it on the bottom floor? The top floor? Do we it, have it a is, window? It, with a, go ahead, what? Yeah, it, is a single, it is a single floor house. Uh-huh. It's all on fire. All of it. Where's it the looks mother? like there's only one room right now that is in everywhere. Okay, I, I, I'm a neighbor. I, it's it's no, like the, the front the mother at? She's here. She's freaking out. Is she able to tell us what room the children are in so they know where to go in? 
better access. Um, I have, I have no clue to see it. Holy shit! I, just, I, I, I'm sorry. I have no. I oh, have honey, no clue. I'm not. Well, You're fine. You're trying to do the best you can. I just want to see if we can get in there. Not send anybody in since it's on fire, but, you know, try to tell the fire department where they need to enter to get, to make quick access to these kids. Holy shit. It looks like the last room is starting to go up in flames. Oh my god. Were they asleep? Are they awake? Uh, her babies are in there, yeah. Oh, oh shit, let's see if they're still in there. We don't have anybody to be able to kill. Oh. Hey, we have to get the car slipped on the truck and get in! Oh my god, no, oh my god, oh my god, oh my god, let me die. What do we know if they're in the bedroom or? Uh, I have, uh, did, uh. I have no clue. I, I know. I have no clue. I know. I wish I, I did. I, I know. We're both just trying here, sweetie. Both just trying here. They're coming to y'all as fast as they can, though. I mean, it's like everyone, everyone's wanting to run in, but it's like it is. I know it. children inside this again it sounds like it's being called in by a neighbor before i get too far into the details about this i want to comment on the dispatcher i know she was feeling it too you could hear it she was questioning about the location of the children trying to determine exactly where they are so when the fire department arrived they could try to concentrate directly on that area of the house and try to rescue them she was also doing her best to try to console the caller. Something like this, there's only so much you can do for them. It's very hard to listen to something like this and know that you can't do anything. There's one more call I'm going to play about this, and then I'll talk about the incident. There's a severe emergency. I need you to come to the street. There's a fire and there's children in the house. And it's a big fire and she's trying to take the babies out the house. Oh my god. Right. Stay with him. Okay. Yeah, please. Stay. I'm getting this started. There's I'm children in the started. house. 
Oh, oh my god! Okay. Oh my god! Hey, I'm not looking. Oh, oh. started. Oh my god! Oh my god! Oh my god! Alright, stay on the line with me, okay? How many oh floors are there? Oh my god! Alright, how many oh, floors are there? It's one floor! Don't go in that house! You cannot go in the house! They're coming! You cannot go in the house! You cannot go in the house! You said there's so many They're coming, ma'am, 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 I need you to focus on me. How many floors are there? Ma'am. I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Listen, listen to me. How many floors are there? I'm sorry. I'm so sorry. Okay, listen to me. I need how many floors or stories are there? How many stories are here? Yes. It's one story. It's just one. Okay. And you said inside. I'm coming. I have, okay, I have everyone coming emergency traffic, okay? How many are there inside? Ask the question again. How many are trapped inside? How many? How many? All the babies in there? How many? The babies? Three. There's three. Are there any adults in there? Uh, are there any adults in there? No. Okay. No. And exactly where are they located in the house? They, they was in the room, I guess. What, which room are they in? Which, are they, which room are which room is I don't know which room is running. Okay. Okay. They're coming. I have everyone coming emergency traffic, okay? Where exactly is the fire at in the house? I'm sorry, it's a lot going on. I, I understand. Can you see where the fire is at in the house? Is it in like the front? It's all the over the house. That's all. You got to move the car. They got to get the room. You got to move that car. All right, I have everyone coming. Emergency traffic, okay? I have everyone coming. I have police car and EMS. Looks like the fire department should be there any second. Right around the corner, okay? They're coming. Oh my god! I'm here. Go. No, she doesn't make sure she doesn't go into the house. <laughs> the men were out here, our neighbors were trying to but this is too bad, it's so bad. They couldn't have gone. I know. You said the neighbors went into the house? No, no. My husband and all the men around were gonna try to go, but it's so overwhelmed with police. They're coming. Oh my god. Go in the house. Go in the house. No one needs to go in the house. No, I'm telling my children to go in the house. Oh, your children. Okay. Right, the fire, the fire department's pulling up. Go in the house. The fire department, fire department, police, EMS, are they there? Okay, let's go, okay? This fire happened in Greensboro, North Carolina, just a little bit over a week ago. It hasn't been determined yet how the fire started. That's still under investigation. 
you heard the fire crews arrive there at the end of the call. When they got there, they were met with a house that was engulfed in flames. Every window and door had flames shooting out of it. Firefighters immediately went into what's called an offensive attack. This is done when it's believed there are occupants inside of the residence and that the structure itself could possibly be saved. Generally, it'll start with putting water on the house and sending the firefighters in instead of doing a defensive attack, which is where the firefighters would remain outside and only try to prevent the spread of fire any further. The flames there at this house was so bad that even though crews got to the scene within just a very few minutes, it took them even more time to get the fire to a point where a rescue could happen. They determined where the children were and put up a ladder and got them out. All the children were under five years old and unfortunately all died at the scene. Their mother was also found inside, but she was still alive. The most I can find out about her is that she was conscious and is expected to survive. I do want to address something here. I know those of you with kids are thinking to yourself, why didn't someone run into the house and try to get the kids out? A lot of people would say they would run into a burning house to try to get someone out. And I won't lie. In general, I feel like I would do the same thing. But there are a couple things going on here. I've talked on the show before about fight or flight. You like to think that you will do a certain thing in an emergency situation, but unless you've actually been faced with that before, chances are you don't know how you're going to react. You can have the best intentions possible, but your body simply won't let you do anything about it. So it might be easy for us to talk about doing something like running into a burning building, but there's no guarantee that you'll be able to. But even if you actually are able to, Doing so in some circumstances would just create more victims. From a dispatcher's end, we can't tell someone to try to rescue anyone like this. You'd likely be creating more victims. And with this fire, you couldn't have gone in anyway. The flames were too strong. There was no going in. No chance for a person on the street to run inside at all. I've also talked about prevention and awareness before on the show. When the fire department got to the scene, they noted they heard no smoke alarms going off. You should have functioning smoke alarms in key points of your house, and if you're able to, you really should have one in every room of the house. And by functioning, I mean batteries replaced regularly. I can't tell you how many times someone will call in asking for the police for a routine situation, and the entire call, I hear a smoke alarm chirping in the background. Not because they're smoking the house but that single audible tone signaling that the battery is low and about to be dead. If you have smoke alarms in your house, check the batteries all the time and change them out as soon as you can if they're older. If you don't know the last time you've changed the batteries, go ahead and change them now. If you need smoke alarms or additional to what you already have, they're cheap. Seriously cheap. I found some on Amazon that are $7 with free shipping. And if you can't afford even that, call your local fire department's non-emergency line. Some departments give away free smoke alarms and batteries. Functioning smoke alarms, if that was the problem here, could have potentially saved lives. In your house, a smoke alarm may save the life of you or your family. Make sure you have smoke alarms. The firefighters on the scene there were taken off duty after that 
and assigned to talk with counselors. Something like this you can't unsee. Both the firefighters and dispatchers will remember something like this likely for the rest of their life. It's one of those things that, as emergency personnel, we have to deal with sometimes, and it can sit with you. Something I would like all of you to do is to try to help out this family. It's absolutely devastating, losing three small children all at the same time. Right now, the family is asking for help in covering funeral costs, amongst other things. They've set up a GoFundMe account, and you can contribute. I'll have a link in the show notes to do this. Any amount is going to help, and I'm sure they would appreciate it. If you like the show, be sure to leave a five-star rating and review on whatever platform you listen to podcasts on. Follow the show on all social media, each of which is listed in the show notes. And if you'd like more of Music City 901, head over to patreon.com slash musiccity901 for ad-free episodes and bonus content. And before I go, I want to give a message to one of our longtime listeners. Jennifer, I know you're going through a lot right now. I just want you to know that I, along with the rest of the Music City 901 family, are wishing you well and hoping you a speedy recovery. Until next time, for Music City 901, I'm Brandon, and y'all have a good one.